Who doesn't love a good powwow chat about a quarterback? Specifically, what about Tua Tungvaloa? That's our subject here today. Our performance review on the Miami Dolphins quarterback here today on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Cal Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Tip of the cap to our everydayers because it is your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL in all our case for a first deposit match of up to $100. Let's, let's start right here, okay? We're going to talk about Tua. And if you're looking for hot take McGee or yelling back and forth, go turn on the four-letter network on TV and listen to them talk about Tua. <laughs> The next thing, this is meant to be a recap of the in-season performance. This is not necessarily should the Dolphins pay to it. This is the foundation of the conversation that will come later this offseason of should what should a contract offer from the Dolphins long-term look like? Should there be one? What are the financial implications of that? What is the ceiling? We're, this is the presentation of the facts of this season, how it went, how it changed from last year. I will say this is the most comprehensive deep dive I have done. It's why it's coming out a little bit, a little bit later in the day. It's a performance review. And yeah, we're really getting into the weeds here. So if you're looking for spicy hot takes, uh, I don't know how much you're going to get, but I can tell you this. If you think Tua absolutely stinks and can't play, there's going to be parts of this show where you're probably going to roll your eyes that I'm talking about. And if you think he's an S tier quarterback and the best quarterback in the league, there's going to be parts on the show where you're probably going to roll your eyes. The truth as always, it's somewhere in the middle. And um, I guess I would start with my general thoughts on uh, Tua as a whole. We've talked on this show before about trucks and trailers and that dynamic at the quarterback position. The concept being a truck it carries, it's the engine. And a trailer is a part of the caravan that's along for the ride. Do I believe Tua Tungvaloa is a truck? No. I think there's maybe three or four truck quarterbacks in the league. They're in very rarefied air. I do think he's a part of the machine of this Dolphins offense, not the diesel engine that shoulders the load. And as you watch the playoff field unfold in the AFC, uh, th there is a reality that I think you have to acknowledge as a Dolphins fan that a trailer, even if it is a exotic trailer, and I think that's the best way I would describe to it, he's very unique in the things that he does well. And the Dolphins have tailored their offense to it. And the ceiling of that is up for debate and question. Um, but if you are going to be a team that doesn't have one of the truck quarterbacks, like the one that knocked the Dolphins out of the playoffs, um, your margin for error is smaller to have successful playoff runs. That doesn't mean year over year 
there's no postseason success or postseason success is out of reach or a playoff run's not feasible or possible. But it does mean that your construction of the elements around that player become that much more important. And when the time comes to discuss compensation for a quarterback with those circumstances, that probably comes into the fray in some way, shape, or form. But that said, I want to present the facts about how Tua's performance came through this year, what it looks like, and um, kind of the, the story of the season for Tua. There's some scheme evolution that happened uh, that, that I think is pretty important for us to acknowledge uh, with the Dolphins, particularly with what Tua looked like as a quarterback before Mike McDaniel got here. Mike McDaniel, even in year one versus year two, they ran RPOs at about half the rate of what they did in his first season. And of course, RPOs run pass options. The appeal is you give the quarterback the option on any given play during the play to read a defender and try to make the defense wrong based on their leverage. The challenge with that is the offensive line on RPOs has to block the run, whether you're going to run the ball or throw the ball, or you're going to pull the ball out of the running back's belly and throw the ball, which means it's really limiting in how you can attack defenses with your routes if you are just running RPOs because offensive linemen can't go further than one yard downfield on passes downfield. And the Dolphins kind of even still <laughs> skirted that line a little bit this year with offensive linemen that were kind of pushing that limit and at times got called for that. But nonetheless, they ran RPOs half the incidents this year of they did as what they did last year. Uh, the average depth of target this year dropped almost two yards, 9.8 in 2022. Versus 8.0 in 2023. Uh, and that comes despite a check down percentage from Tua that is 5.5% of his total attempts. That's the fifth lowest figure in football amongst quarterbacks with 100 plus dropbacks this season. So that kind of sets, we know Tua does not consistently take the profits. And that's one of the things that we are left wanting more from Tua is. Look, if they're going to drop eight or drop seven, but they're going to play quarters or they're playing cover three and they're really pushing and they're not really respecting your ability to run the ball or it's a, a, a long down and distance situation, just take the completion. I think that's certainly something for Tua. Fifth lowest figure amongst quarterbacks with 100 dropbacks this season. I think that speaks for itself. Uh, but Tua on the season, uh, he did finish with... Uh, the league's highest yardage total uh, with over 4,500 yards this season. He finishes with 46-24, 29 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Uh, this comes in 17 games, 560 attempts, a passer rating of 101.1. And uh, sure enough, when the season started, one of the things that I speculated was that you'd maybe see better raw numbers for Tua, but an efficiency drop because you're expecting the team to make some concessions in how they call their offense. And wouldn't you know, uh, the ball's out, and according to Fantasy Points Data Suite, which is kind of similar to PFF with their advanced tracking, uh, their average time to throw was 2.22 seconds this year. 2.22 <laughs> uh, uh, is the fastest in the league. And it's more than two-tenths of a second faster than what the Dolphins did according to Fantasy Points Data Suite in 2022 as well. So two-tenths of a second faster, the ball is getting out on average across 560 attempts. 
for Tua Tungavaloa in route to 272 yards per game. On average, a passer rating of 101.1, uh, 4.9% sack percentage. That's a nice number because it's equal. It's nearly equal to uh, the 5.0 number that it was the previous year as far as like how often are you pressured and how often do they become sacks. But Tua led the league in yards per attempt, touchdown percentage, uh, quarterback rating in 2022. He didn't lead the league in any of that in 2023, and all of those numbers – marginally regressed, but that's because he plays 560 and maybe you don't get as many explosive plays, but they also changed the way that the offense ran. Now there's a lot of focus on the final three or four games for the Dolphins and that offense. And we have some of that data that, that we're going to get into here on the show, but I do want to kind of rip through some additional notes uh, as far as pressure with Tua, because I think that stands out when I parse through all of the filtered data and you foil that versus the film, and as the offense or as the season has gone all season long, you get to Monday and Tuesday, and you're doing the film review. So I've had a chance to break down all the games on film, so I know what my preconceived notions were. And then you foil that with the numbers, and it it, it lines up, and it tells you a little bit of a story. And I think that's one that we as Dolphins fans, as we kind of look at the full body of work of two of this season, there's something that. Uh, I think you have to acknowledge, and we'll talk about that next year on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. Passion, drive, and patience are what brings home the winning trophy, but it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, You'll always find exactly what you're looking for, and with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the dub. Keep your ride or die alive. At ebaymotors.com, eligible items only, exclusions do apply. eBay guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers. So some of the numbers for this uh, pressure that you can see on film, but also when you look at the numbers courtesy of, again, I used uh, Fantasy Points Data Suite for this. It gives you much more uh, filtered information. The Dolphins and Tua Tagovailoa had the lowest percentage of dropbacks amongst qualifying passes. This was all quarterbacks. There was 48 of them that had more than 100 dropbacks, not attempts dropbacks this season 48 with more than 100 24 percent of the dolphins dropbacks were pressured versus 28 and a half percent in 2022 so that number went down in addition to the time to throw going down by 2.2 uh, 0.22 seconds per attempt just like the yards per attempt went down from 9.8 to 8.0 this is you know you think about the Infusion of the screen game in the offense, and that will impact. And you get some game plans specifically like the Jets without Tyreek. And there's a lot of schemed throws in the short areas of the field. It's smart in some ways, but it does put a glass ceiling on what you can be. Uh, the league average in pressure to sack percentage. The Dolphins were right in the middle of that. So of the 24.3% of dropbacks, that they were pressured on, 20% of those led to sacks. That's about average for the league. 
but their average pressure time was 2.26 seconds. That was the fastest average time of pressure allowed. So the Dolphins are getting the ball out faster than anybody else, but they're also, when they concede pressure, they're conceding it faster than anybody else as well. Now, here's where this matters. This is one out of every four dropbacks for, for Tua Tungvalu on the Dolphins' offense this year. Here are the splits on some numbers for pressure versus non-pressure for Tua. And I have some uh, numbers and some names to put these into context instead of just throwing a number out to you and say, oh, well, he uh, completed 75% of his pass attempts when he was not pressured versus 44% of his pass attempts uh, when he was pressured. That's true. That's factual. That's a dip in about 30%. That's the eighth worst figure under pressure. Notables that are worse under pressure than 44.5% include Bryce Young, Justin Fields, who some are out there calling for the Dolphins to trade for, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, and Jalen Hurts. Here's the measuring stick. There were two quarterbacks over 50%, only two in the entire league that were completion percentage over 50%. Two was 44.5%. Win pressure. Patrick Mahomes and Green Bay's Jordan Love. So that paints a nice picture. It, it's That's below average figure, but the cream of the crop's 50%. So the margins are there. It's just a couple of percent, right? So it's, a, it's helpful context to, to see where it falls on the lexicon of, of good and bad. Passer rating. When not pressured this season to a tongue of a low, 109.3. Passer rating when pressured, 67.6. Uh, that's down almost 42 points in passer rating. Uh, there were a few, two in particular, that thrived when pressured, put up really big numbers. Uh, passer rating over 100 this season when pressured, Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy. So are there things that Mike McDaniel can look at and what San Francisco does for Brock Purdy and their passing game to help give them answers? You have to watch the tape as well, and it's something we're in the process of, of kind of looking at And, and uh, while we're doing our free agent scouting. And I'm starting to put that list together, but I'm starting to sample all the teams across the league a little bit more and look to see what I can find there. A percentage of throws that were considered catchable, 84.5% when not pressured versus 58.2%. When pressured, that 26% drop of pressure versus not pressure, uh, that 58% puts him 13th worst in the NFL. Notables that were worse in their catchable throw percentage when pressured include Josh Allen, C.J. Stroud, Jalen Hurts, Jared Goff, and Matthew Stafford. Dak Prescott was the only passer above 65% accurate catchable balls when pressured. So Prescott did really well this year under pressure. Uh, his off-target throws uh, percentage doubled. It went up to 25%. When pressured, that was the 11th highest figure of off-target throws in the NFL, higher than two included Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford, C.J. Stroud, Kirk Cousins, and Justin Herbert, who had the highest figure in the league of off-target throws when pressured at 31.5%. Again, two was at 25. 
So when you look at those splits, it becomes very apparent uh, to a below when not pressured and three out of every four dropbacks, he was not. Very, very, very good numbers. Average to below average as a passer relative to the rest of the quarterbacks in the league. Not just, oh, the numbers went down, but relative to how other players perform in the same conditions, two is average to below average when under pressure this year. How do you solve that problem? You're pressured less, but the Dolphins were pressured less than any other team. <laughs> so now the challenge is being pressured, being able to pass longer without being pressured. Because again, the Dolphins were the team that allowed their average pressure fastest of any team in the league this year. I have some additional splits. Uh, there's, there's a lot of focus and attention on uh, Tua versus the playoff teams, right? But I think something else that, that's valuable is looking at uh, the top 12 teams in the league defensively from an EPA that's expected points added. It's a analytics measure uh, that looks at success rates. It looks at conversion rates, points allowed. There's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into it. The Dolphins played 11 games, including the playoff game against Kansas City. 11 games this season against teams that were in the top 12 in defensive EPA this season. Baltimore, the New York Jets twice, the, the, the Ravens finished second, the Jets finished third, the Cowboys finished fourth, the Chiefs finished sixth, there were two games there, the Patriots finished eighth, there were two games there, the Raiders ninth, the Bills 11th. Uh, the next best team that Miami faced on this list, there was Miami themselves checked in at 15th in EPA defensively. You got to go to the Giants at 22nd to find the next best team. So, but I mean, it's more than half the schedule. It's 11 games. It's a pretty significant sample size. And in those 11 games against top 12 EPA defenses this year, Tua finished 250 of 378, which is about 66% completion for 2,000. 742 yards. I'm not going to try to do that math off the top of my head. That'd be an absolute disaster. Divide by 11. That's 249 yards a game. Uh, 15 touchdowns versus 11 interceptions. Uh, some of those interceptions, uh, like the uh, one at the end of the first half against Baltimore, is a backbreaker. The one against the, the, the two at the end of the first half against the Jets, uh, backbreakers. Others. Uh, I think about the one that was thrown uh, at the end of the game against Buffalo in week 18. I'm a little bit more sympathetic for because the receiver, for all assumptions, did not run the proper route on that play. So you're a little bit more sympathetic there. But regardless, uh, an average of one interception per game and 15 touchdowns, so a little less than one and a half touchdown passes per game. His passer rating against those top 12 defensive EPA teams this year was 88 and a half passer rating. So, okay. Certainly below the average of the, the numbers that he posted against uh, the season, right? At 101 was his passer rating. So, if you say Tua did not perform uh, at his best against the best competition, I certainly think it's a, a fair statement to make. A familiar, two familiar opponents, the Jets and the Patriots, felt like the best games Tua had this season amongst those, those top 12 defensive EPA teams. 
We uh, also have a little bit more from a personnel standpoint. And then we also have the last month of the season that I kind of want to get into from a performance perspective for Tua, where again, we're just summarizing the facts around what his performance was, where it shined, where it didn't. And the three out of every four dropbacks where Tua Tungvaloa was not pressured this season, he's among the league's best in just about every measure and statistic. But when he was pressured, that stands out as a big to-do and a big storyline, whether that responsibility falls back on Tua, whether that responsibility falls back on Mike McDaniel, whether that responsibility falls back on Chris Greer, the offensive line. Again, we have to find and identify all the problems before we create the plan on how to solve it. And that's the goal. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this Dolphins offense and where their personnel was most successful up next. And then a look at the last month of the season here on Locked on Dolphins. The NFL postseason is just about ready to wrap up here. We got conference championship games this weekend, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet like live same game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to make your first bet a layup with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I cannot wait to open the comments to this video that I know are going to be there that just blow straight through the stop sign of the disclaimer at the beginning of the show and get into the you-know-what contest about Tua. And it, it it honestly is a shame. I, I love talking big picture, and I love talking uh, offensive infrastructure and execution and quarterback play and X's and O's and all that stuff. Um, but there's so many layers to it, and I know when people are frustrated and Dolphins fans are rightfully frustrated with how this season ended, and I know there's Dolphins fans that are skeptical of Tua in general. Um, they're there's kind of it feels like there's this tendency to want to just have like a singular answer. It's like how everything's Chris Greer's fault for some people. When in reality, there are some like Chris Greer is not responsible for inflation or gas prices. <laughs> it feels like for some people, it's like uh something went bad. It's uh, Chris Greer. All the offensive horse did do it. Now. I think there's some merit to at the end of the season when you take when it comes time to have the conversation about the, the compensation for a contract extension in a hypothetical world. If you were to pay Tua at a certain market value, your expectation would be that he would elevate the play of the team around him in adverse conditions. And, you know, cold weather game being a cold weather game, like whatever. But I looked at some splits for this Dolphins offense, uh, specifically after the Washington game. So the Tennessee game onward. And if you remember the Tennessee game, Connor Williams goes down early in that game with the torn ACL. Tyreek Hill goes down in the first half with the ankle, kind of plays sparingly in the second half, doesn't play the following week against the Jets. Then he's back against the Cowboys, 
but then Waddle goes down and only gets four touches in that game, and then Waddle misses the remainder of the season, and I think that's really important. And I think it's very revealing, and this is why at the beginning, when you talk about trucks and trailers, right? And it's not meant to be an insult. There's, there's like rarefied air if you're a truck. In the analogy, he's not actually a truck. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> um, the Dolphins' core identity and their personnel and how they win, it's compounding strengths for all of the players combined. And when that is interrupted, I think you see this embodiment when you look at, according to fantasy points, uh, they faced middle-of-the-field open coverage on 60% of their offensive snaps for the season in 2023, which means two high-safety shells. It's the highest in the league by 4%. Nobody saw more too high than the Dolphins. That figure from the Tennessee game onward for the end of the season, when you had the interruption with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle availability for effectively the final five games of the season, regular season. At, from, it was 67%. It was 7% higher in the final five games than it was from week one to week 14. So you saw more too high, and yet your production against man coverage in that five-game stretch, fell off a cliff. The productivity per dropback fell off a cliff against man coverage by approximately threefold. That's eye-opening. Because the identity of the offense has a lot to do with your ability to punish man coverage. The, the Dolphins were number one in the league in weeks one through 13 in productivity per dropback against man coverage. They ranked 24th in weeks 14 through 18. When you had the interruption of both Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill combined and their availability not overlapping for the final five weeks of the regular season. That's alarming. And again, if Tua Tonga-Valoa were... Uh, at a certain stage in his career, you'd like him to elevate the rest of the players around him. And in some cases, he's throwing a perfect ball to Cedric Wilson over the middle. And Cedric Wilson's not making a contested catch. And as we talked about when we did the wide receiver performance review, Cedric Wilson, uh, an alarming amount of his targets in the middle of the field were contested catches. <laughs> and his passer rating when targeted in the middle of the field from 10 to 19 yards was like 22. And that's where you needed him because that's when the snap volume for Cedric Wilson really went up through the roof. Against both one and two high, uh, the passing productivity fell approximately 40% in the final five weeks of the season. To his passer rating in the 10 to 19 area of the field fell 40 points from weeks 15 to 18, 14 to 18, excuse me. And on 20-plus yard targets, it fell by 30 points in the final five weeks when you did not have the overlap of both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle available to you. Just to further compound that, uh, the Dolphins' running game in that same stretch faced a stuff percentage, which is runs that go for negligible yardage or not for first downs in short yardage situations. 
of 45%. That 45% figure is an increase of 30% from weeks one through 13. So nothing worked. Some of that is the play of Tua and not of elevating the players that he has at his disposal. Some of that is not having Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill simultaneously available as the primary identity of your offense. And some of that is probably three backup into your offensive linemen starting for you at the same time until the wild card game when Rob Hunt comes back. So that's the season for Tua. He shined best in 21 personnel. And we talked earlier this week, the Dolphins ran 21 personnel on 45% of their first downs this season. He had 200 dropbacks and 190 attempts out of 21 personnel. He had a passer rating of 106.6. He was sacked, uh, or pressure his pressure to sack rate in 21 personnel was just 11%. When the Dolphins had two backs and a tight end on the field, this Dolphins offense, and a lot of times that was first and down. I think there's a correlation there because of the threat of all the things that you can do on first down. Really shine. The Dolphins also had more dropbacks out of 21 personnel than any of the team in the league. So that's the challenge, right? We shine in 21 personnel. We're really good when we're not pressured. How do we expand the time on average and, and get by more time until we're pressured? getting better on the offensive line. Some of that's staying healthier on the offensive line. Some of that is maybe adjusting some scheme and adding some new concepts to the passing game. Do you run more 21 personnel? Probably not, but you could probably invoke some more 12. They really neglected 12 personnel, particularly in comparison to 2022. But those are the questions that I come away from all of this, and I have an understanding. That Tua is a force multiplier with what he does well when you have the core players around him in the offense. And we're not going to get into what you pay somebody like that. That's not the point of today's conversation. He's a player you can win with. He's a player you can make a playoff run with. Is your margin for error the same as having Superman back there? No, it's not. So you got to get the other stuff right. And that'll be the stuff we focus on this offseason. Because if you get the other stuff right, you're not going to have the fastest average pressure of 2.26 seconds this season and force the team to throw on average 2.22. You can get some of that aggressiveness back to continue to push the ball down the field. Get that average depth of target back to what made it so special it felt like at times in 2022. And maybe you can't expand on running more 21 personnel, but maybe you can find some more 12 personnel to run and have that be a piggyback off of your 21 personnel so that you can be even more efficient. Because in obvious passing situations, when the Dolphins went to 11 personnel, that's when the passer rate, uh, the, the touchdown interception ratio ends up being 18 to 11. It's really fascinating stuff. Uh, there's a lot of good here with this Dolphins offense. There's a lot of good with the quarterback play. Is it perfect? No. It's not. And there's ways that Tua Tungvaloa can be better. And the easy answer would be, well, you're a franchise guy. You're going to put the team on your back. You're going to elevate the guys around you. I don't know that that skill set consistently exists to be there. And that's okay because there's only like four guys that can. 
can we all aspire and wish that we had that kind of player? Yeah, maybe Tua becomes the uh, efficient version of that as he continues to mature. We don't know. Well, you need more time to figure it out. That's going to do it for us here today on their performance review for Tua Tagovailoa and the Miami Dolphins quarterback play. Hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. I know um, nothing moves the needle like a quarterback talk, so uh, we'll see what the comments bring. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Dolphins. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Fins up, and thanks for checking out the show.